What's up, everyone? It's NFL Week 13, and this is your DraftKings first look, where we go through each position group, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, all that. We're going to identify some of the top plays for NFL Week 13. Of course, this is an early look, so the week will pass. Lots of research will be done, but this is just that first feel for the slate for NFL Week 13. And um, I've got some I've got some exciting value plays, I think, picked out for the wide receiver position that I'm going to talk about as well. And what I like to do before we actually build this first look lineup and go through the positions is take a quick glance over at the DFS Army Domination Station Optimizer. And here are the game tiles where you can just get an idea of which games are popping, which teams are popping, what looks good. And um, it's another week of haves and have nots, uh, as you could see on screen here, as we just take a quick glance and Let's go through each of these games. You've got um, this first game, Chargers at the Patriots. Patriots have been terrible. Um, their games haven't been super high scoring for either side, but the Chargers are installed with a, a decent 23 and a quarter point total. So they'll be in play, but you know the Patriots will have to probably keep up in order for this one to pop. Obviously, Keenan Allen has been tearing it up this season. Uh, Austin Eckler yet to sort of give you a hat to have it game, but I feel like it's coming as well. So that side, and of course, the Patriots really rough. Um, situation over there. Uh, not really much I want to mess with outside of maybe Ramondre in a good matchup. Lions coming in with a 24 and three quarter point team total, which is one of the higher ones of the week. That's about as high as it gets, just about as high as it gets. So the Lions look interesting here against the Saints team um, that's at home and could be competitive. We'll see. Uh, I know that Olave got banged up last week. Rashichi, a lot of a lot of banged up players on the Saints. So we'll see what happens with those guys um, and if that game can remain competitive. But at least the Saints kind of stopped the run, or at least they're known for that. So maybe we get some passing action from the Lions there. Um, gross game, Jets, Falcons. This is a stay away situation, 34 point total outside of maybe a running back or two. This is not one to mess with. Um, another kind of ugly game or a little surprising here. The Cardinals 17 and three quarter point um, uh, underdogs, not 17 point underdogs, but 17 and three quarter point team total. So a low team total, a low game total. That's not shocking. And um, underdogs to the, uh, I guess, resurgent Steelers under new offensive coordinator. We'll see about all that. Um, Colts at the Titans. This one could be interesting. Colts passing game. The Colts get a 22-point total here. That is not bad. Um, Titans kind of pretty good against the run. More of a team you want to throw against. A little pass funnel defense. So maybe we could go right back to Downs and Pittman, who both, uh, I believe, saw double-digit targets last week. There's some goods to be had in a game like this, even with a 42-point total. Uh, Miami at... Washington, Washington will probably need to keep this game close in order for Miami to hit those peaks that we want from those players. But I mean, the 29 and a half point team total actually for Miami is far and away the highest total on this slate. So, you know, teams have been tearing up Washington through the air. This one could be good, but probably um, not a super competitive game. 47 point total here. Houston at home. Houston's been about the hottest team in the NFL or, or right up there. 24, uh, 25 and and a quarter point team total for Houston. So we like that. Go back to CJ Streezy. It ain't easy being Streezy. But yet, it's happening. Um, probably not going to be super interested in the, I guess, Denver, the running backs, right? Javante Williams be interesting in that one. That game in, in general is kind of an interesting game. Um, maybe, maybe Cortland Sutton. Maybe. We'll think about it. Um, Panthers at the Bucks. Panthers head coach got fired. That's usually an inspirational moment for a team. Can they play a little better? I don't know that they have it in them. I don't know that they have it in them, but, um, you know, that's an interesting game anyway on the Bucs side 
you know, we go right back to Rashad White. It's been working. Stick with it. Uh, San Francisco at the Eagles. Kind of game of the week, I think. Um, you know, two good defenses, but two really good offenses as well. I think this one could get a little bit going. Um, it's interesting that the 49ers are road favorites against the Eagles. That's interesting. How dare they? How dare they? So we'll see how that one goes, but that's definitely a game I want to keep in mind. That will be a build-around game. That's probably the, the most exciting, quote-unquote, competitive game on the slate. That one and Houston uh, Broncos, kind of competitive games that stand out a little bit. So we'll see. And then finally, Browns at the Rams. Don't really want to play anybody versus the Browns. The Rams, you know, Kyron Williams did his thing last week. Can we play him against the Browns' shutdown defense? I don't know. Let's take a look. So got that underway. Let's take a look at these salaries and see who's popping this week. Um, reminder, I am rocking the uh, Proptimizer swag today because we are celebrating the fact that we uh, at DFS Army and Sharp App have launched coverage for Sleeper App on the Proptimizer tool. So if you're not signed up at DFS Army yet, um, if you don't have an account, if you're just watching the videos, you enjoy the breakdowns, uh, if you've been wanting to check out DFS Army for a month for free, and if you're not a DFS Army current subscriber, you can go to Sleeper app. You already have it. You play your fantasy football on there. They have a pick'em game. You go to the pick'em game. You make a hundred dollar deposit. Use promo code DFS Army. They will give you a one hundred dollar deposit match. So you'll have two hundred dollars in your Sleeper account. And then email us at support at DFS Army, and we will get you either a two month subscription to our pick'em package, which is where uh, Will in and Sniper and our whole team dropping tickets all day. They are crushing it. They're everything is tracked. They're up huge on the year, um, and they just tell you the best plays. But of course, the Proptimizer tool is the tool that they're using and what you'll get access to. We cover Sleeper on it, Prize Picks, and um, yeah, Sleeper and Prize Picks currently are the two sites, and you can use it for sportsbooks and all kinds of other things. So basically all the props in the Proptimizer tool available on DFS Army in the Pick'em subscription. So sign up at Sleeper, promo code DFS Army. Let us know. If you're currently subscribed to DFS Army already, and you still want to check out Sleeper, we will send you a swag t-shirt. Same deal. Just go on Sleeper. You already have, you should have access. If you have VIP, you would have access to the Proptimizer anyway and the picks from Will Lynn, Sniper, and the whole team. But um, sign up there. Use code DFS Army. Send it to us. We'll send you either a Proptimizer t-shirt or some DFS Army swag. So let us know, and we'll hook you up. So having getting that out of the way, let's get into this Breakdown, and we're taking a look here at DraftKings, and as you could see, the most expensive QB is Hertz, but Stroud right there as well, along with Herbert, they're all expensive. Tua, Herbert, Stroud, Hertz. Now, Hertz has the tough matchup against the uh, against San Francisco, and understandable. Stroud gets a really good matchup at Houston, but doesn't have quite the rushing upside as what Jalen Hurts has. So I like both of these plays. I love the stack partners for Stroud and 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 for Hertz as well, but more so even for Stroud, I would say, where you know, you know, one of Dell or Collins is almost always putting up a smash score. And maybe both of them in a game like this could happen. Um, Herbert on the road at New England, uh, probably my least favorite. Uh, it's the easiest, I guess, defensive matchup, but New England seems like a team you're just gonna run against and win it kind of easy. Play some defense. So I don't think that's a game that's gonna push um Herbert to his ceiling. But it could happen anyway. It's just not one that I I am purposefully going to target. Low total. And I just think these other games are a little more exciting. Um, Tua is great. I mean, Tyreek Hill has been the man. It's pretty much been Tua to Tyreek. It's The problem with Tua this year has been because Jalen uh, Waddle 
not Jalen. Jaden Waddle has been priced up so much. It's kind of hard. You really can't double stack to it. It's got to be tool with just one of those guys. It's a really expensive starting stack, but I think it's worth it. Um, moving down the salary list here, there are some interesting spots to target. Um, you know, Kyler Murray, 7K. I'm not sure that I really have a lot of faith in Kyler Murray to put up big numbers. Uh, you know, he did a lot last week, barely ran the football at all, uh, threw a ton of targets. And, I, you know, the Dorch play, I, I, I was on uh, Greg Dorch last week, and that really worked out well. Now, he didn't pr- produce a tournament-winning score, but anytime I play a 3K guy who gets double-digit targets, I'm really happy with that play. That is a good process play, and and uh, I think we're going to be on Dorch again this week, assuming that, um, you know, he continues to start, which is possibly dependent on, um, you know, injuries and whatnot. But he should continue to start, and I'll be back on Dorch. Kyler Murray at 7K, just okay for me. I'm not in love with it. Um, underdog, on the road, just a lot of things that I don't like, but he does have the rushing upside. Uh, Jared Goff is really interesting at 6,500. And he's interesting because the Saints are kind of good against the run, which elevates the chances that Goff will have to throw for more touchdowns. He had a big week last week. Um, but part of that was because his team was losing and they had to abandon the run and just throw a ton. That's when Goff really pops. At 6,500, it is very, very difficult for Goff to get there. That is a ceiling game. He's gotten there before, 6, 12, 18, 24. So he needs about that 24-point max that he's been getting. But I think Goff is a relatively safe bet this week. Howell's at home as an underdog. I'm actually really kind of interested in Howell again against Miami. Miami's defense is good, but they're not very good. They're fine. They're not great. Howell's been putting up decent numbers week after week, averaging 20 fantasy points. That's almost 4X. That's 3.5X his current salary. So just his general outcome is pretty acceptable against this salary level. Now, of course, I think that there are guys who have bigger upside, but Howell's interesting. Now, here's one that I really love, and this is Brock Purdy, um, 6K, 6,100 against the Eagles. Now, I already like that game environment, but one of the reasons I really like this play is the Eagles are so good against the run this season. It's been hard for teams to dominate them via the run, which and which means that San Francisco, in order to stay in this game, either will have to dominate defensively, which is certainly possible, and this could just be a dud game where both defenses play really well. That's certainly within the in the realm of shit that could happen. But if that doesn't happen and this game is popping, it's probably because they're throwing. So um, I like Purdy, and I'm going to start this lineup off with Purdy with the caveat that, of course, I like Hertz and Stroud as well and Tua to an extent. So I like those guys, but they're much more expensive. And I, I don't like to do these breakdowns starting with the most expensive quarterback. So we're going with what I think is one of the best values at QB at 6,100. Let's just continue through the QB position, though. I want to talk through a few more spots. So I like I like Howell as well. Stafford is a no. Uh, I think Russell Wilson will probably be somebody that's in play this week uh, at Houston. Houston, you know, they're going to score, and you could score against them. I don't love Russ as a DFS play this or, or almost any week, but he's in the discussion. That's, that's the best I'm going to do with him is he's in the discussion, right? Um, Derek Carr is always a no. Baker Mayfield is always a no. Certain players are always no. Baker Mayfield getting chalky last week is one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. Guys, weird shit happens in DFS. And the last thing I want to see anybody who watches my videos doing is falling for whatever is being pushed out there by not me. 
I don't know how else to put it. How does Baker Mayfield get chalky? I don't know. But that's not a good chalk. Um, Gardner Minshew is another one. I have mild interest in him for 5,300. Minshew is almost terrible in a sense that it's not frequent that he has a good game, okay? Uh, but if the Titans can slow down, now the reason he doesn't have a good game is not because he's this different quarterback than any of these other guys. They're not that different. He's not particularly different from, you know, any of the other sort of basket of deplorable um, QBs, so to speak, that are not the elite tier. But what happens on the Colts is they score touchdowns. And the problem with the Titans in general is they don't score a lot. So the Colts are more likely to lean, sit back and kind of lean on the run a little bit here. But I do like the stack partners for Minshew. Both Pittman and Downs got peppered with targets last week. So he will be in my mix in tournaments this week. But I don't have high confidence because generally the Colts are going to give the touchdowns to Jonathan Taylor or the running back. So that's why this team... And certain QBs just aren't successful in terms of putting up big numbers. A lot of times it just comes down to they got the big team total. Why isn't the quarterback succeeding? It's because there's a running back who's taking a lot of the glory. So we started this one out with Brock Purdy. Let's move on and talk through the running back position for NFL Week 13. Um, again, you're watching uh, the DraftKings Week 1, or I'm sorry, Week 1, Week 13 first look lineup and we're taking a look at the running back position here and up top again Christian McCaffrey of course 9k great all good love Christian McCaffrey but is this really the the matchup that we want to target him in against an Eagles defense that's really really good against the run it's a good question and the answer is probably not I, you know of course I'll have some exposure I always try to get some McCaffrey exposure um he's a he's a beast when he said he'll need about 36 fantasy points. So he did it last week. But again, I think it will be hard to replicate that feat against the Eagles elite rush defense. I think, um, you know, especially with the Purdy lineup, we're counting on the uh, 49ers to throw more in a game like this. And of course, we're also counting on the Eagles to make a game of it. So this should be a fun one, but I'm going to stick with Purdy. Uh, I'll have some exposure to McCaffrey, but not a ton at that price. At least it's a little too early in the week to think I can afford 9K running back. So it's probably not where I'm going to force my uh, action. Eckler at 8,300. Interesting play as well. I mean, he's certainly in play. Uh, one thing to note, though, is we really haven't we've got a couple 20s out of him. 18, 16, 24, 32. He has not been in the world of where it's worth it yet. I guess that first game back, uh, first game this season against Miami 29 almost made value against his salary. So it's just important to note that he's not, he's not been getting there. Kamara, another guy that hasn't really been getting there. Um, he needs a ton of work to pay off this $8,200 salary level. And I, I just don't see it happening. Um, I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening this week or any week. Raheem Mostert has been a, pretty much a fantasy disappointment against this salary level as well for the last few weeks. Um, I actually have a much better guy that I want to play here. I, I think so. But I think the, his counterpart, Jeff Wilson Jr., take a look at this. Take a look at this. So he got 20 carries, no targets. 20 opportunities last week for not for 8K. When you look at his counterpart, he had 14 opportunities, including more passing opportunities last week, but he's 4,600. So half the price, 70% of the opportunities, including the more valuable 
passing game work, this is going to be somebody that I'm interested in as a bargain. So I don't want to necessarily plug him in our first look, but I wanted to mention that when we looked at Mostert, that it's Jeff Wilson Jr. who really pops a little bit more for me. Um, Kyron Williams had the game of the week last week, absolutely smashed. Uh, now he's up against Cleveland. It's a less good matchup for sure. Can he get there? Yeah, I don't see why not. But um, the path to 40 points is, is slimmer this week. We need 28 out of Kyron to make value against the 7K level. I like it. It's not a matchup that I'm like, oh my God, I need to target this. So it's not something I'm going to purposefully put in there, um, but it's interesting. Jonathan Taylor, thumb injury, uh, threat and availability. Let's see what's the deal with the thumb. I liked Jonathan Taylor coming into this breakdown, and now I see he's got a Q tag, so that's not cool. We'll see what goes on there. Um, HN, same same deal. Like The Wilson Jr. thing is only if HN doesn't play. I'm assuming HN is not going to play this week, but I'll have a lot of interest in Wilson, like you said, if HN is out, just as a bargain spot. Derrick Henry last week, um, I talked about him. He was my core play last week, and he put up two touchdowns. I actually bet him to score a touchdown, which was a criminal minus 105. Gave that out in the Sharp App Discord, and that was like within five minutes it paid of the game starting. It was crazy. Um, 18 carries, two touchdowns, 20 fantasy points. It's within the realm of outcomes for this week as well. I think the Titans are going to lean he heavy on the run. Once again, could be a good spot for Derrick Henry, so I don't mind it. Um, Jameer Gibbs, pass catcher, got more uh, work than Montgomery last week. Lots of targets last week. But again, the game script really favored Jameer, so I'm just keeping that in mind. Uh, I think that's a little pricey to pay for a split carries guy, so I'm not sure that that's someplace I want to get crazy on just yet. Uh, Brian Robinson, uh, Bijan, Bijan, not Brian Robinson Jr., Bijan against the Jets. Playable. Bijan finally um, two touchdowns last week. Uh, lots of targets. Just just a good game overall for Bijan. Uh, I still think Algier was involved. Let's see here. Algier. Yeah, still 10 carries. So it's not like Bijan's just taken over. He had 16 carries. Algier had 10. So still kind of a split there at that price point. There are some really good running backs. So let me get to them. They're a little cheaper, which is a good thing. Um, we're going to find them down here, but uh, there's some really good ones. Swift, uh, again, against San Francisco, not not my favorite. Montgomery against the Saints, just okay. Brees Hall against Atlanta, interesting. Interesting. Nine targets, seven receptions last week. Um, you know, he almost got it done. The Jets play a little bit better against Atlanta. I think they'll be in the game longer, maybe, but it's hard to trust anything on the Jets for a big price point. But the first guy I'm going to plug in here is Rashad White. Rashad White continues to get... All of the work, um, it's funny, last week he didn't even get as many targets as he's been getting, but we know the six or seven target outcome is there for him. 15 carries, he got some yardage last week. This is a better matchup. Carolina's a team you want to run against, so I think we go right back to Rashad White. No worries. Just go right back to it. Um, where were we? Oh, I put him in. Yeah, so Rashad White's going to be in there. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr., just okay. Uh, playable, nothing special. Ramondre, very much in play as well. I don't love this game environment, but um, the only thing going good for the Patriots right now is Ramondre, 21 carries, five targets. That is the volume we're looking for out of our 6K running back. So I don't mind Ramondre there, even in a weird spot where his team's an underdog because they're going to be throwing to him. Matter of fact, I'm going to plug in Ramondre 
Nowadays, everybody got to talk, but they got something to say. But nothing's out. Nothing comes out when you move your lips. Just a bunch of gibberish because you forgot about Ramondre. We're not going to forget about him. We're playing him. Devin Singletary is in play as well. Let's take a look at what happened last week. Um, seven targets, six receptions for Singletary, six carries, right? So we're and it was a terrible matchup. We didn't play Devin. It was a tough matchup. But I love those seven targets, six receptions. Now let's take a look at Damian Pierce, right? Damian Pierce, five carries, one target. Um, so it was, once again, Singletary really leading the way for this Houston offense, and I love the Houston offense. I want exposure to it in this game, regardless of how we have to get it. And if that means D Sizzles is our guy, then D Sizzles is going to be our guy. So um, I like Singletary. He is in my mix for sure. Note that I really like this area of the running back position, 6K and below, right? Or 61, 6,200. This zone here seems to be where we can make our bones. Another guy who I love a lot, and this is why I'm going to keep switching these up. I don't have a preference. Uh, I don't have very much of a preference here. Yeah, so Javante is definitely going to be in my mix as well. Love the spot. Houston defense um, coming off of just, look at all his volume, six targets, 18 carries. He didn't do it last week against Cleveland. And this was another weird early week chalk thing that I didn't understand last week, but you know, people were all over Javante early in the week, or, or at least that's what some of the ownerships look like, but that was never going to be a good play against Cleveland. And, and it's a reminder, let's not play players against the Browns. Like let's not do that. So after Javante it gets kind of, it gets kind of um, slim here. Now I already know that the Warren Najee Harris talk is going to happen. Both of these guys are going to be a good play next week. Um, Arizona defense is the same defense that allowed Kyron Williams to do what he just did. So let's take a look at these guys and see what happened this past week. 13 carries, three targets. Jalen didn't do anything, but he got, you know, 13 carries, three targets. What you'd expect um, in a perfect split, 15 carries, no targets for Najee. So what are we doing with this information? Just acknowledging that I think Warren is still the slightly better play week to week, but he's still in an absolute split with Najee Harris and is a dangerous dangerous play. So I'm probably gonna stay away from that one. But again, between white Stevenson, Singletary and, um, and Williams, I think that's, that's four running backs that we can kind of sift through. And then with some, some nods up here to like a Derek Henry, maybe a nod to a Jonathan Taylor, if he's healthy, those kind of things where we can get our running back mix in place for NFL week 13. I really like that approach. So that's feels like a lot of what I'm going to do. And, and the final name, of course, um, Wilson Jr. Only if, and this is a big if, only if HN is out, we can go, I, I believe we can go right back to Wilson Jr. and get a yeoman-like production out of him at no ownership for half the price of Mostert, or just about half. That's right. My math ain't that good. It is good. I know it's not half, but it's about half. Okay, next up, let's take a look at the wide receiver position for NFL Week 13. And we'll start at the top here with Reek um, Hill, who is the man. He does it every week. Reek does it every week. 12 targets, 11 targets, 10, 11, 12. Where, you know, it's, it's double-digit targets. It's usually a 20-plus point score. Is that enough um, to justify 9,600? Probably not, but, you know, YOLO. It's Tyreek. He's usually going to get a monster score. He's the main part of that offense. So 
He's, you know, but 9,600, 9, 18, 27, 36, 40. You need 40 fantasy points. Maybe it's not the game for 40, but I like Tyreek, right? Um, Keenan Allen, similar deal. Just as good as uh, Tyreek in a lot of ways. Look at these target numbers. They're better. 16, 16, 14, 10. And there's no one else to throw to. 20, he's getting numbers that are unheard of. He can get there even in a, a, a game against the Patriots that isn't likely to be super competitive. He can get there. But it's usually going to be either him or Eckler. I highly doubt that both of them can get there in the same game. So keep that in mind. And of course, the Patriots kind of being shit doesn't help. If I'm playing Allen, I like the, the Stevenson bring back. So you get a little back and forth in that game. And actually, I'm going to I'm going to switch up Stevenson for um, I'm going to go with Javante on this first bill just because I want to do that. So um, with that being said, let's continue on talking through uh, AJ Brown. Yeah, OK. As part of that game and game stacks, sure. I'm probably not going to play him as a standalone. Going to play him as part of game stacks. It's kind of like last week when I said, you know, Gabe Davis, we're just going to lock him in there with Josh Allen. That really worked out nicely as well. Just if he's winning, he, uh, Hertz is probably winning. Amin Ra, always a good play. Uh, super high floor, 23 fantasy points per game. He's right up there. He's right up there with, with the elite tier at, the, at this um, points per game number. Cooper Cup is a no until we're proven that his ankles are okay. He's not somebody I'm going to pay up for. Mike Evans in this matchup. You know, we liked Mike Evans last week, and it really actually worked out very nicely. Once again, two touchdowns. Fucking nailed the calls last week. I hope everybody, I mean, by the way, it was a good week for DFS Army, 120K winner, you know, 7K, so many wins, 5K, uh, mini max winner. It was, it was just nuts last week, and a lot of it was just really good calls and the optimizer being on point, so... Um, you know, if you're part of DFS army, you're part of the, 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 um, the subscriber base, not just here on the YouTube channel, but, um, in the DFS website and our discord, uh, hopefully you had a really, really great, uh, week 12 and we're going to hopefully make that happen again here. So let's continue on, uh, Jalen Waddle, exactly the issue that it is always with Waddle. 7,600 is just really expensive. He actually had a good week last week, eight for eight, 22 fantasy points, but even that, and that's not enough. Or it just barely covered. Actually, that is okay. 1824, 32. No, even that's not enough for this salary level. And that was one of his better games. So you're just not getting there with Waddle uh, most weeks at this price. And it's, you know, it's not Waddle being bad. It's just DraftKings being bad, pricing him up too high. Maybe FanDuel's more forgiving. We'll take a look after in that breakdown. Tank Dell, a big week last week, dropped uh, or got a touchdown called back that could have made it a monster. And actually, it was a bad call, but this dude is doing it every week. Yes, I like Tank Dell, 7,400, with my Stroud lineups more than anything else. Uh, Devontae, playable at, at 73. Also a big week for Devontae Smith. Um, last week, 26 fantasy. I had a lot of him. Um, just a great game in general. Buffalo Eagles, I can't believe it wasn't higher owned. That game was awesome. And um, Devontae Smith got it done. But here's the first play I'm, I'm playing in this lineup, which is Brandon Ayuk. We're going to pair him up with... Purdy. And, um, you know, he didn't, he hasn't had these monster games. Uh, it, he does it in efficiency, but I do think that this is an up passing environment for San Francisco. And this is the kind of game where I like the idea of stacking him up with Purdy. If Purdy's doing it, it's probably going to be with Ayuk. Of course, George Kittle is in that mix as well, but, um, I'm going to go with Ayuk on this lineup and we'll see how it goes. Michael Pittman, 13 targets last week. Great score. Great finish. Um, we go right back to him here in a pass funnel matchup. So I like I like uh, Pittman at that price. He will be heavily involved in my lineups this week. 
Um, let's see, Nico Collins, the other half of the Tank Dell goodness. Nico had a big game, nine targets, 26 fantasy points. So no, Nico and Dell can get it done together. I am down with both of those guys. Thielen gets the big price drop. You know, Thielen never belonged in the 7Ks. He gets the price drop this week in a good matchup. Only three targets last week. It's a little scary. Um, I'm not even sure if it's worth playing him at 6,600, but it's certainly better than when he was at 73. And this is a great, great matchup. So keep it in mind. Godwin is somebody I just never play. Um, Debo Samuel, if I wasn't using Ayuk, Samuel is in that mix. And I think Samuel could have a good game as well. But Samuel gets it done a little more through the run than the pass. So I'm probably going to lean Ayuk here. No to Hopkins. Really no to Wilson. Amari's a no uh, with that Q tag. I don't think he plays. Terry McLaurin is one of these guys that is just never, really just does not have enough upside in DFS for his price point. Even at 5,500, let's just take a look at his season. Averaging 12.2 uh, DraftKings points per game. So that's only 2X salary. That's already a red flag, guys. Look at the, these numbers late in the season mean something. And when you have a guy who's only averaging 2X's salary, it's just that his salary isn't good. It's too high, right? So he should be priced more like 5K or, or 4,900. And let's take a look. 11 targets last week. That I like the target numbers, but let's look at just the results here. Um, seven targets, eight, seven. So these are good target numbers. But the results, nine, seven, 12, 17. Oh, good game, 17, right? Great. Oh, I'm so excited. Really, though, it's just not even 4X. 15, 14. He, where's the upside here? 22. 10, 16. So he has one game on the season of 22 fantasy points. That one game would have just brought 4X value, which doesn't even keep you on pace for 250. That's just a 200 score pace. So Terry McLaurin's just been perpetually overpriced. He's not scoring touchdowns. That's a big part of the problem. Only two on the season. Can he get it done in this spot? Yes. Are, are the, are the, um, Commander's going to be throwing the whole game, probably trying to just catch up or or catch up with with the high powered Miami offense. Yes, that's going to be happening. So, you know that possibility is there, that upside is there, but man, it is slim, and he does not get there often. And I'd much rather pay down for different Washington wide receivers. So that's just my take on McLaurin. I'm probably going to like the other guys better. Corlin Sutton. Matchup is good. He's playable here. Again, kind of similar to kind of similar to McLaurin. He pretty much never gets there against his price point. I think the most you're hoping for out of a court and sun is about a 21 or a 22, which just barely keeps you on pace for 200. So not somebody I'm going to get crazy with, but he's certainly in an elevated passing game environment, taking on a Houston team that's likely to be scoring frequently. Uh, Marquise Brown. Finally got some targets last week, 12 targets, six receptions. This is what you would expect from Marquise Brown. Um, I think the big numbers are going to come. So I don't mind him. 12 targets, um, six receptions, 15 points. He has still not gotten it done yet with Kyler Murray, but I think it's just a matter of time. Isn't it funny? It's kind of like I said the same thing about three different players, but yet with Brown, he's on the upswing. Kyler Murray just came back. You know, it's like, give him a minute. With McLaurin, he's been doing this for years. And Cortland Sutton, I mean, it's just, you know, Cortland Sutton, nothing new. Like, I, I think McLaurin and Sutton are much more fixed in stone with their sort of what they can do and their and their ceiling. Whereas somebody like Brown, Hollywood Brown, has a lot more upside. He's a more explosive kind of a player. And if it just if he just can connect 
with Kyler for a full game, I think there's going to be, um, a, a, you know, big upside with someone like Brown. Downs. Last week, I liked Downs a lot. Um, he did not disappoint in the sense that we got the 13 targets. Did he do much with them? No. But if I can get double-digit targets um, from my punt plays, and, and there was a bunch like that last week, and that means we're on the right track. It, just because the result didn't get us there, the process was sound. So I'm going back to Josh Downs in this matchup, going back to Pittman. I love the fact that Minshew only throws to those two guys, or really only throws to those two. That is gold. Are they slightly less good than the Houston pairing? Of course they are. But I talked about this last week and in my notes last week, how Downs and Pittman are kind of like a, a poor man's version of Dell and Collins. And that just continues. They're still getting the target. It's still good is what I'm saying. Deontay Johnson, um, you know, kind of non nondescript play. Um, Drake London, no. Pickens, some upside there. That's okay. Judy, not as much. Um, Jahan Dotson, I think I'll, I'll have in my tournament mix uh, this week a little bit. Where, where did, yeah, where I got away from him. Jahan Dotson will be in my tournament mix a little bit. Um, he could score a touchdown. He's cheaper than McLaurin. I like that, but there's a, there's another wide receiver from that team that I like more. So we'll, we'll get to him, um, here in a second, but Rashid Shahid, Noah Brown, all these Q tags, um, Demario Douglas would be very much in play, but this Q tag kind of takes him out of the mix for me. Um, my next spot though, in this lineup is going to be Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel coming off of a 12 target, uh, nine reception score. He's 4,100. Let me just explain the difference here. At 4,100, he needs 16 fantasy points to keep you on pace for 200 and 20 to, to keep you on pace for 250. He put up 22 last week, right? He's got all these targets. So it's really easy for him to get that 4X and, and he's got within his range the 5X outcome. So I think that's a little bit better than maybe paying up for some of those other names that kind of have a similar range of outcomes. So I'm going to plug in Samuel. And I also want to mention a few other value plays down here. And we're going to plug one of these guys in and we'll see what we do with the rest of the lineup. We'll, we'll have some salary, I think, left over at the end. But I plugged in Curtis Samuel. The next name I wanted to talk about is Greg Dorch. Now, Greg Dorch was actually, I, I, I don't know if I made him core, but he was one of my higher owned plays last week. And the reason is because every time he's started, he gets eight or he demands targets. They just go his way. And we saw it again last week. Did they connect? No, but he's got nine targets again, eight targets the week before. These are the two weeks that he's been in as an injury replacement. The 13 points um, or the, the, the 12 points that he got was good for three X. He only needed to catch it. I mean, that's only three out of nine and he already got three X salary. Of course he got the touchdown, but he got three X salary. If he's catching a couple more of those, uh, if he does what he does on the yardage the week before, it's a 20-pointer, it's a 5X. So his range of outcomes is really great. And if you look at every time he started with Kyler Murray, it's always been good. Like, he's just been good. So we have to make sure he starts. But I'm plugging in Greg Dorch into this first-look lineup um, because I want to kind of show the value plays that I talked about at the beginning of the breakdown. Or else you'd be like, in my DMs, like, yeah, you said you had some value plays late. I didn't see him on the first look. You're screwing us over. No, I'm not. I told you. I was waiting. He was going to bring him out. All right, so a couple of nice value spots there. Uh, Ron Dale, Jalen Guyton, a couple other names that might have some interest here, A.T. Perry. So there's definitely a few other cheapies that sort of come in the mix of mildly interesting this week. Even, oh man, could it be Devontae Parker? Probably not. But, yeah, probably not. I'm not going there. 
He looks like an old man in this picture. It's not a good scene. Um, all right, let's go over to defense and then we'll get a tight end in there and we'll see how much salary we wound up leaving over and we'll upgrade off of one of these guys, hopefully. So first defense. And let's just kind of go through it here. The very bottom commanders uh, against Miami, that's a no. New England against Chargers, no. Carolina, Tampa, no. Denver, Houston, no. Detroit at New Orleans, no. Right, so the first playable defense here for me is the Titans, but I don't love it um, at twenty eight hundred. We're gonna have to pay a little bit for a defense this week. These are not great options. Eagles at home, no. Arizona, just a bad defensive team in general, so I'm gonna give a no to that one. Detroit, no. San Francisco, no. Cleveland, maybe at the Rams. They're just a good defensive team, so that's cool. But um, actually, I think the team I'm gonna go with here on the first look is my beloved New York Jets. They're at home taking on Atlanta team. They're not a great team. They, you know, they run the football a ton. I just think the Jets are going to be able to slow them down. So I don't mind the Jets, but um, if we needed to go a little bit cheaper, I think I would have gone Colts here up against. Um, actually, I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going to go. I'm going to switch it to the Colts because Will Levis, Neophyte QB. The Jets are good too, but Will Levis just going to make mistakes out there. So I, I like the idea of paying down a little bit. Um, on this defense, just to continue on though, through the defensive matchups here, maybe the bucks at home, 3,600, not bad. Um, the Rams certainly playable against the Cleveland team with the backup QB in there. Um, Steelers, maybe dolphins. Yes. And the chargers at new England, maybe I don't want to pay all the way up there. So nothing really pops like, Oh my gosh, I need to pay up or down or whatever for this particular defense this week. So I'm just going to plug in the Colts at 3,200. I think that's fair. Um, 7,800 left at the tight end position. We're not going to spend all that. So if we wanted to just spend up on a tight end here, well, can plug in George Kittle with Purdy and we got Kittle, Purdy, Ayuk. That's a nice little triple stack. And by the way, we would still have another 1,800. So we could then upgrade one of these two value wide receivers, right? We're probably still going to do that. But let's take a look through the entirety of this position. I, I do like this though. I don't mind. I, I do like Kittle this week because I think more and more about this game. They're going to have to be throwing and Kittle could really work in a game environment like that. Sam Laporta priced up a little bit. 5,600. Eight more targets last week. Eh, you know. Again, making value at 5,600 hasn't really happened for him yet, so we'll see. Tyreek Hill. Fine. I don't play him at this price. Tyreek Hill, his role is exactly the same as it's always been. You've always been able to get him for like 3,500, 33. Now all of a sudden he's 5K. Hell no. The problem with Tyreek Hill at 5K is, yeah, it's a ceiling outcome. He has gotten these 20-point games this year, two of them. But that, that, those were Tyreek Hill games. This is for showdowns. This is not something you want to do in a main slate. Um, Dalton Schultz, the volume is all over the place. Two targets last week, 11 targets one week. Um, not worth the price. Not worth the price. That's that simple. You know who is worth the price? Maybe couple of these guys. Um, Trey McBride continues to get lots of targets. Nine, seven, nine. If I can get nine targets for 4,900, that is something I'm willing to pay for. Again, these targets are inefficient on Arizona, as we've seen, but that is something worth paying for. That's value against the price point. He's a great value. Will he win us a tournament this week? Don't know, but he's a great value play. A couple other, I'm actually going to plug in McBride right now. I don't like him and Dorch in the same lineup, which allows me to swap off of one of them. But again, just for mention's sake, 
Patty Fryermuth coming off the big week. Certainly very much playable again. Matter of fact, I might like him even more. The target spike for Fryermuth last week, you know, coincides with a, a new offensive coordinator. Maybe something's going on there. So it's worth noting. It could happen again. I had a little bit of Fryermuth in my tournament mix last week, but definitely not enough. Njoku continues to see a ton of targets as well. At his price point, 9, 15, and 9 over the past three weeks. Uh, again, not a very efficient quarterback in Cleveland, but certainly you can't deny this guy's getting targets. So we can go all the way down to 4,100 as well if we need to with Njoku. I like Njoku. I like Fryermuth. Whatever it is, these are all good. Look how much salary we're creating. And this is what I love. This is a flexible lineup. We can do a lot with this. So Fryermuth, but continuing on, like I said, Njoku playable, Logan Thomas playable. Um, yeah, that's about it for me on the playable list. Certainly, you know, a Tyler Conklin at 3K um, is somebody that we can keep in our mix as well. So with 3,500 left, and since I since I did use, actually, I could choose, I you know, I've got a $3,500 upgrade to do, so we could look at either of these two wide receiver spots and get off of Dorch and put in a stud like Pittman. Oh, there we go. That looks good. Or let me go back to Dorch. If we go to Samuel, we can get all the way to like a Tank Dell, which I kind of like that even more. So let's go and do this, right? Dorch, Tank Dell to close out this lineup. And we have a beautiful lineup. Purdy to Brandon Ayuk, skinny stack. We got Rashad White uh, running back going up against one of the worst rush defenses in the league. Greg Dortch, nine targets last week, assuming he starts again, fine. If he doesn't start again, we know what to do. We switch to Curtis Samuel, and we can make little adjustments. Javante Williams against Houston, um, 20, 23, 24 touches, a big focal point of that offense. Love that. Patty Fryermuth coming off an 11 target performance. We get the back and forth with Arizona here with Dorch and Fryermuth. We also have Tank Dell and Singletary from the um, from the Houston game going up against Javante Williams. So we got skinny stacks galore. Fucking skinny stacks. Our stacks are on a diet. They're skinny. And I like it. Three little skinny stacks in this lineup. That is a beauty. I'm actually putting this one in. We will track it this week. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this breakdown. I will be back all throughout the week to FanDuel first look. And of course, um, showdown breakdown every Wednesday. We got the game plan coming back this week. Me and John, Statsation Leshev from the Sharp App, going through all the bets for the NFL Week 13 slate. And of course, everybody's favorite show, Tournament Tactics on Fridays. So we have a busy week here. Make sure you're subscribed to the DFS Army YouTube channel. Click the notification bell. Um, and if you have not already done so, get signed up for Sleeper. Promo code DFS Army. Let us know. If you're not a subscriber to DFS Army currently, we'll either give you a month of VIP, which covers everything, or two months of our pick'em package. You're going to want VIP because you're watching this video, which means you want the DFS tools, not just the pick'em tools. So get that month of VIP free. If you already have DFS Army VIP, you are a current subscriber, we will give you a T-shirt, a DFS Army swag tee. I'll give you a Proptimizer swag tee too if you want. Get signed up at Sleeper. We want you to check it out. And we want the best thing about Sleeper is it's effectively just the same as a sports book in terms of creating player parlays. You have to pick a few players, but the, the, the lines are pretty much the same, but the best thing is they put out promotional picks every single day. And what I'm telling and what I'm recommending is only do those with the promo picks. They're giving you a, a 20% discount effectively like a boosted odds or something every single slate. And so if you just focus those, you could really grow a bankroll real quick, especially using the, the Proptimizer tool and the tips 
from Willin, Sniper, and the whole DFS Army crew. So make sure to check that out. And I will see you guys at the top of the leaderboards. Good luck this week, everybody.